Hey, it's Pius. Thanks for listening. And especially thank you to my individual supporters on Patreon who absolutely make it possible for me to do this engineering education hoopla that I like to do. If you like it too, please head over to patreon.com slash Labs and pledge a dollar or something to let me know. Thanks. It's May 8th, 2017, the start of National Teacher Appreciation Week in the USA, and this is the K-12 Engineering Education Podcast. Teachers don't always get thanks from their students. They don't always get feedback on how their kids are turning out, and if they do, it might be years or decades later. For those of you teaching possible future engineers, well, consider this episode a bit of an early thank you. I'm your host, Pius Wong. Five engineers working today in different technical fields all told me about their favorite teachers growing up and what made them so great. I wanted to share a little of what they said. My name is Bo Trafiro and I am a mechanical engineer. So uh, my name is Divya, and I am a bioengineer working as a systems engineer in healthcare products in Seattle. Hey, I'm Linus, and I'm a software engineer. My name's Mike. I build computers at IBM. But we'll actually start with Marcella, a computer scientist. In high school, I had a teacher. His name was... Uh, Mr. Medina, and he was the computer science teacher. And um, prior to meeting him, I was really into, um, I played clarinet, and so I was really into music, and I thought I was going to go into music and become a music teacher. Um, But when I met him in 11th grade, he had already known my uncle. Apparently, they had been roommates in college. It was strange coincidence, but he recognized my last name. And... um, he, he was like, oh, you know, you're this person. Come join my computer science class. And I was like, okay. I joined his class and he, he was very, he was always trying to get a lot of like young women into, especially young women into computer science. That was like a thing he yeah. specifically looked Yeah, for. So like he wanted to always make sure his computer science classes had, you know, young women and young men. Turned out I was kind of just naturally good at it, naturally good at the computer science because of my math background. So then he encouraged me to, you know, start competing with computer science in UIL. What's UIL? um, I forgot what it stands for, but it's like this extracurricular you do on weekends where you can go compete in any subject really like computer science. Yeah, he just really encouraged me to do that and I just kept like actually enjoying it and I had never really been exposed to that type of like that form of math I guess because in a way it is mathematics. I ended up getting a degree in computer science and I was hired right out of college as a developer. When was that again in high school? It was pretty late. It was already my junior, maybe senior year. Oh, wow. It was late for me. So, so I was set on being a music teacher. That's <laughs> interesting, because you were probably already looking at college and all that stuff. Yeah. And mm-hmm. So he changed your path, for real. Yeah, he did. I don't know, he just 
he he showed he opened that I guess that realm up to me and I really went with it so I really like I look back and I think like it was Mr. Medina who you know pushed me in the direction of wanting to study computer science and go that route what was like the awesome thing about him was how he just cared so much about you know especially you know Hispanics and Mexicans and uh, Latinas doing well in STEM and so like it was almost like a daily thing we talked about you know it was always brought up that it's very important we go to college and it's very important we study these things you know and that was the more inspiring part. so that message works it having does. that conversation yeah. okay Oh yeah, I had stayed in contact with him for a long time after. Um, he had usually asked me when I started working to go back to the old high school and I would give talks to the kids there about you know pursuing STEM education. And I did that for several years until I moved to Austin and we kind of lost contact then. But I just hope he's doing well and continuing to... I, I'm sure he's retired by now. I mean, he was already an older man even when I was there. You know, yeah. so I don't. I I miss him, and I hope he's doing well. It's it's hard to talk about just one teacher because I've had so many uh, positive influences um, as far as teachers go. But the one that really sticks in my mind is. Actually, senior year of college, I had a mechatronics. I took a mechatronics elective um, with Dr. Rana. the The reason I, I thought it was such a he was such a great teacher is because he didn't tell us everything we had to do. <laughs> oh. It was everything was very open ended. It was a project based class, and it was here. Here's a you know here's an Arduino a like some wheels, a little like chassis, and some other electronics boards. Go make this work on Wi-Fi or over Ethernet. That was the assignment, yeah. and he that's just... it. <laughs> like you, you come to me with questions, but you can't <laughs> say like, "Oh, how do you do this?" <laughs> wow. And how did that go? The project actually went re- like I, I learned so much because uh, I had no idea. The reason I took the class was because it was kind of something that I really had no idea how how software and electronics uh, I, I had an idea but I, I wasn't it wasn't a strength software and electronics for me my, my focus in school was actually like uh, uh, thermal fluid systems and this just totally changed my perspective on robotics and software hmm. and all that and the, that particular project actually went pretty well I, we actually didn't didn't get the Wi-Fi working. We got it working over <laughs> Ethernet, which was like the main, <laughs> the main thing. But we had some issues with the router. Um, we just ran out of time at the end. We knew if we had more time, we could, we could finish it. But just the amount I learned in that class and the kind of like the meta skills I learned in that class, like how to learn and and approach software and robotics and just other more more general projects like that was was priceless. Thank you. I hope I hope you're doing well. It was an amazing class and I hope he's I hope you're still teaching.
Well, I've had a bunch of great teachers uh, in my life, especially at high school, but I'd say one of the more memorable ones, earliest memorable ones, would be uh, Elizabeth Joint, my seventh grade teacher. Uh, she was probably uh, the most influential in, in getting me excited about uh, math and science uh, at a younger age. I mean, I was always good at it, but it was more from a, a lazy perspective, like I could get my A's and so on and then sit back and coast. But she actually challenged me in ways that I hadn't ever been challenged uh, uh, prior to that. So during one math lesson, she realized I kind of already knew all the concepts and uh, pulled me aside and asked me if I wanted to work on some more uh, advanced topics. But uh, me in my kind of uh, lazy coasting uh, attitude said, oh, no, I'll just uh, relax and enjoy the lesson uh, with the rest of the class. To which she said, fine, and then uh, paired me up with uh, one of my friends who happens to also be the uh, one of the lower performing uh, guys in the class. It got me to understand that hey, there's there's more to life than just memorizing facts and and uh, and like coasting. <laughs> I was able to uh, realize that actually there are other challenges that you know may not be super easy to me, like dealing with other people who don't get the concept immediately. And in fact, the process of helping out my friend also helps reinforce uh, the concepts in my own head. And of course, I realized, hey, actually, I missed a great opportunity to uh, learn more cool things at my own pace. The way she approached teaching math and science uh, in general was much more enthusiastic and engaging. Uh, and like even incorporating math concepts in, in the art class that she taught for us was really cool. Uh, thanks a lot, Mrs. Joint, uh, wherever you are. Uh, I had a blast in your class, uh, and uh, I think you did all of us a, a great service, whether you realize it or not. So I'm actually a computer engineer by uh, degree, but a lot of the stuff I do is on the software side of the house. So in high school, uh, I went to a place called Memphis University School, and this, this one guy, Mr. Brown, was our computer science guy. And I still remember the, the day that I transferred into that, kind of sitting down in the computer science lab and not knowing anything about what they were doing, but knowing roughly what the uh, problem was and kind of seeing him explain it and kind of realizing, oh, this is kind of cool. You know, some number of years later, I'm still doing that today. Well, it was kind of interesting, right? So when we'd go through classes, it was kind of neat to be able to sit down and kind of work through something and figure it out and actually implement it for real by yourself. There were times when, you know, I'd be really, 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 really close to whatever it was, and he'd just give a little tiny bump or a nudge toward, you know, the right direction, and it was always kind of the right thing. And I always kind of felt like that little extra insight about five minutes later was what I needed to, <laughs> to, to get past whatever it was I was doing. And like, if I think about that, right, that's, that's the kind of stuff that was really, really, really cool, and I'm sure he knew exactly what to say exactly when. And I like that. Was he just really experienced? How did he know 
what the right amount of push was. Yeah, it's that's really difficult. Like that's one of the things I struggle with because, um, like for me, um, I've I've been, you know, I work at IBM and I've been working here for maybe 11 years, and I'm at this point where I still do hardcore. You know, I still work in a lab. I still go pull stuff um, and you know build machines and stuff. But I also have to go do things with, you know, talking with people and trying to explain things to people. So I think for him, like I think a lot of it was his experience. I mean, he's he was a programmer um, before he became a teacher. He helped build up the computer lab in the school, so he still kind of stayed hands on with it and. You know, he stayed in contact with industry, which I thought was really cool. So, we probably once a year would have someone come in and do a do a talk, and it'd be someone from you know Microsoft or some other big name company. But but I mean, he was very much to the point when explaining something. But he always had kind of a certain logic and rigor behind it, and uh, I appreciated that. Like a good example. I argued with him on my first test because I defined something different from how he defined it, and you know, I thought my thing was right. He thought his thing was right, and we we got to talk about it. And I like that. One of my top things right now is to try to to give back to the community, and you know, through the stuff I do at work and outside of work, kind of bring the next generation forward. So, gonna keep trying. A systems engineer, as a role in industry, what we do is we take a look at the entire product that we are trying to develop, and we have to take a look at the entire system, and we have to understand how all the pieces fit together. We have to ensure that the product is safe and it won't harm anybody. We want to make sure that at the end of the day, the product that we're putting into the market for people to use, be it whatever kind of product, it can be. A defibrillator, it can be a toothbrush, it can be anything like that. It actually does what it's supposed to do, and it satisfies the needs of the people who are asking for such a product in the market in the first place.、Uh, actually, one of my favorite science teachers was in junior high.、Um, unfortunately, I can't remember his name, but I remember what his face looked like. <laughs> but he was super cool.、Um, <laughs> He had like a mullet haircut, which was kind of awesome. Okay, you can identify、um, him by his mullet, right? Yes, but no, he was really great. And you know, we're going through physics and everything. And ironically, as an engineer, I hated physics, and I still kind of do on some level. <laughs>、um, it was never one of my favorite subjects. But like, what I remember about this teacher is that he made a concerted effort. To have things be interactive. So, for example, you know, when you were in like a basic physics class, you learn that you can actually walk on a pile of broken glass without cutting yourself. And like, as a kid, you think about that and go, "Why in the world would you do something silly like that? Like what?" And so one day we showed up to class, and I kid you not, there was a pile of broken glass, like sitting on the floor. And he was like, "Today you are going to walk on this glass and prove to yourselves that you can walk on broken glass." Wow. And it was like the coolest thing, right? And so then he's explaining the physics to us, and I'm like, "This is 
awesome. Like, this is what it should be. Like, <laughs> this, it helped me engage more in a subject where I wasn't, you know, too engaged, generally speaking. Um, did he make you walk other... on broken glass? He suggested it, yeah, and, and... we did. We're talking about electricity and statics and stuff. And so, you know, those like cool balls where you put your hands and like there's like little static ball that, you know, follows you or whatnot. Like we did some of those kinds of things. So like there was just a lot of engagement with the students to help them understand like the physics behind some of the cool things that, you know, are out there. Um, I had and still do have um, a deep interest in astronomy. And he picked up on that and he helped foster that, right? Gave me like source material to read and things to explore and just really encouraged me to continue that pursuit and that interest. And I thought that that, looking back, that that was really important. I mean, if, if he hadn't, you know, kind of instilled that, I wouldn't have gotten the opportunity to intern for NASA for six months, potentially, right? Um, Back in grad school. So, huh, so, I mean, so that connected, like your internship as an adult connected all the way back to that astronomy experience back then. You know, like sometimes you just have these hobbies and you don't always take a look at, you know, you don't always pursue them, right? If they're not encouraged enough, they're not always, they don't always result in something. Now, granted, what I did for NASA at that time is completely different than what, you know, pure astronomy is. I was working in a completely different sector, but still, like, there was encouragement that, hey, keep pursuing this, you know, there's nothing wrong with it, like, you know, and it's part of an overall package, not just one single thing, right? But, like, it's definitely something that I look back and I'm like, that man gave me my first copy of Discover, and it was an astronomy issue, and I think I kept it for years. I kid you not, I kept that magazine copy for years. It was so outdated, but it was, like, a piece of something, like, of encouragement that, you know... Go explore. If you could say anything to the teacher with the mullet, Mm -hmm. what what would you tell him right now? Thank you, honestly. Uh, Thank you for engaging with us and for challenging us and forcing us to learn things and for basically being a lot cooler looking back now than you were back then. (laughs) You know, we don't, we as, we as students, when you're especially at that age, we don't recognize always like teachers have the best intentions and they're really looking out for you. And then it's not until like we're older and we're kind of on the life path that we're on and we kind of look back and we're like, wow, these are the teachers who we remember. So thank you for being a teacher that I remember, even though I don't remember your name. We have teachers here who encouraged, challenged, inspired, called out BS, and truly cared. There are so many more teachers out there doing that today, educating engineers, inventors, designers, and problem solvers of the future. Hats off to all of you. Thank you to engineers Bo, Divya, Linus, Marcella, and Mike for sharing. Follow the show on Twitter at K12Engineering, and you can find me on Twitter at Pius Wong. Subscribe to and share the show however you get and share your podcasts, and please write a review. That'll help others find the show. 
All the details are at www.k12engineering.net. Our closing music today is from When You Go by Steve Combs under a Creative Commons attribution license. The K-12 Engineering Education Podcast is a production of Pios Labs, and you can support Pios Labs at www.patreon.com slash Labs. Howdy, it's the post-show notes with Pius. This set of notes is inspired by Germany. Recently, someone from a German library sent me an email asking, Hey, Pius, how do I find a copy of your book, Engineer's Guide to Improv and Art Games? And uh, I was not expecting an email from Germany, but I told them you can go to the German version of Amazon. That's Amazon.de, go Deutschland, and they could get a print and ebook copy. And so today, in Germany somewhere, you can hold a physical copy of my book and learn all about applying the creativity of improv to your engineering design processes. That's pretty awesome. It got me thinking that if you listening right now, if you want a copy or want to look at my book for free, just get it from your library. That's so awesome. And uh, because the book is new, it's probably not in a lot of libraries. I looked into it. Uh, I found out that through my own work, the Austin Public Library here in Texas is going to get a copy, and the University of Texas at Austin Library is looking at it, and the University of Illinois at Chicago Library is looking at getting a copy. So if you're at, at any of those places, then check it out, and you can check out my ideas without paying anything. And if you want to do me a favor, go to your local library or your school library and request the copy of The Engineer's Guide to Improv and Art Games by yours truly, Pius Wong. And then you can also read these ideas for free. I'm especially looking at all of you residing in those communities with huge improv communities and huge engineering communities. Places like LA and New York and Chicago. Um, in Texas, that'd be San Antonio and Houston. And I know that Atlanta has a great improv scene as well as Georgia Tech. So all of you uh, places that have those design and improv communities, please check out my book. And maybe your local library will have it soon if you request it. Thanks. <laughs>